Welcome to the Run Strong Podcast, episode 109. Hey, Rob Jones. Hello. I feel like we have a kind of end of uh, end of year term or end of term day going on. Do you know what I mean? Like, it feels, we, it feels we're like a break quick, up for the holidays. Yeah, it's like a party day. <laughs> like non-uniform, although we're both wearing t-shirts, but you know <laughs> what I mean? We're like, I'm excited for this one. It's unfortunately our last show of the year. But I think fortunately, from a podcaster standpoint, doing one of these a week is not easy. No, I'm just, we're, I was just flicking through all of our podcasts. And when you flick through them, when you see them all as a list, you're like, oh, wow, we've done a hell of a lot since we started. A hell of a lot. And I, I've actually pulled out five Ooh, to recommend okay. for listeners because obviously they're going to miss us. So going to give them five suggestions to go back and listen to over the next for possibly five weeks but yeah we're going to take a little break we're going to have about a month off uh we're still going to be recording during that time or or, um i will be maybe you will be mate if you get some people over in the uk Mm -hmm. um but as as with everything with training we're taking a bit of an off season we are i'm I'm, it's going to be good because we're going to come back we're going to do some reading we're going to do some well we're still recording actually but we're just not posting them so we're getting a bank together yes and it also think people should use the time as well to be trying listening to other things, maybe broadening their horizons. Uh, maybe go and talk to someone. Imagine <laughs> that. Sit down. You've got time off. Should be hopefully over the holiday periods. Spark up a conversation with someone else. Have your own Stranger, little podcast. Perhaps. Mm. Have your own little podcast with someone. For your own podcast. <laughs> Don't need to record it. Just sit down, have a chat, pretend it's a podcast love it mate it was Abu Dhabi marathon on the weekend mm. if anyone follows us on social they probably figured that out tell us about your race how was it terrible <laughs> <laughs> oh it didn't get a plan is the short answer what no, happened I, t- I lie it was it was actually it was all going very very well for the first half marathon we were having fun. It was hotter than expected, but that's cool. I stopped you for the jumped toilet. to the toilet almost yeah. immediately. I panicked well, for you. Because I, when we, when we were warming up, I was like, Christ, it's hot. And I wouldn't normally have drank all of my hydration stuff. So I had a bottle with hydration mix and water and whatever. And I wouldn't normally have drunk all that. But because it was hot, I thought, actually, I'm going to just, I'll finish it. And then if I need the bathroom, it'll happen later down the line. But at least I'm starting more hydrated than I should be and of course mm. I needed a pee at about 500 meters in so stopped at the first toilet 2k in and then spent yeah. the next 5k just a little bit faster than pace to catch up to you guys again yeah I really panicked for you I was like oh my he must have had stomach problems already no it felt absolutely fine <laughs> jumped straight off the bus into the toilet straight, straight off the bus into the toilet and then I picked up another couple of guys to hang on to that we're going a little bit faster and then caught up back up to you guys and then sat with you guys for I don't know how many K that was that then from probably about seven up to about 12, seven to 12. I think. Yeah. And then just edged away a little bit. Yep. Yep. Um, but everything was going fine. And then Kim around the corner at 21 and there's a really long stretch. I just felt a little niggle in my left hamstring. I was like, Ooh, that's not comfortable. And it got a bit worse and a bit worse and a bit worse. And so I slowed down a bit, see if it get any better. It didn't. Tried to go faster again, couldn't, <laughs> slowed right, right down. And 
normally what I, I was having this internal battle until you passed me. I was like, I, I could just finish. It's fine. Like the goal's gone, but I could still finish the marathon. And you ran past me and just went, why even trying to run? Just walk. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I've got nothing yeah. to prove really. I'm no. not going to, if I'm not making the goal, then I can just walk it in, cheer on people. And that's what I did for the next two and a half hours. Just shouted at every human I possibly could, whether I knew them, whether I didn't. Yeah. I think I was going to ask you actually what what was going through your mind like firstly what do you think happened why why do you think you suddenly got a hamstring pull you you are known as being bombproof yeah i there's a few things actually i've i've gone through this with my coach and he said in the week basically my taper my taper week was too early because my mum was here and then i ramped up again in that week or 10 days i should say my sleep was very fragmented because hannah was out of sync so she was um yeah she had new people in her environment so it was up and down so I lost loads of sleep i probably wasn't recovering when i should have um i was still doing strength work and there was probably lots of stress on the hamstring i went and had physio um to sort out calves and hamstring not issues but just general tightness so it was there but it wasn't flared up if you like um yeah and probably to be honest not fully recovered from jordan going into coming back from 250 and having seven or six weeks to try and get marathon ready was a big ask okay and i don't think <laughs> running i hadn't spent enough time running at that that pace probably i could do the marathon no problem but beyond that was it was going to be a gamble either way Hmm. don't know lots of things to unpack there yeah it was definitely interesting i mean it was it was a bit of a shock for me to to see you but at the time i was obviously pacing steph and i used it for fuel for her and i was like mm. look, look at <laughs> she <this>. said <laughs> look at this guy jogging or walking or <laughs> like they're all weak <laughs> <laughs> look, look, we can see him again. We're reining him in. Let's go. And I was at like 605 a K or something. Yeah. Yeah. But it's one of the things because, like you say, I never really pick up a niggle or anything like that. As soon as it happened, whilst I do have quite a big ego and I'd love to have pushed on, I kind of knew that I was done. And there was no right. way, like mentally, I felt fine. Physically, everything, like cardiovascularly, breathing was fine. I was happy. I was enjoying it. Um, some of the route I thought was a little bit boring, but I mean, <laughs> it didn't put me off in any way. I was just, mm. uh, it's more gutted. Um, yeah. No, not yeah. even gutted. Just like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there's nothing I could do about it. There's no point in letting it get me down. There's loads. Like, we had so many athletes racing. It became more about them in that moment than, okay, what have I got to do? Yeah. Yeah. I think Skinny probably feels the same. Rob Foster mm. pulled a calf. I think about halfway mark was it or just before yeah about the same um, place actually and and he yeah he he pulled out halfway through and yeah i think it's it's a very tough decision to make really but when you boys like you knew your time goals and that you knew that it wasn't going to happen and you didn't want to jeopardize being injured for longer it's obviously 100 percent the right thing the right mm. thing to do it was interesting pacing watching watching other people because i was not interested i had no sort of investment in my own performance whatsoever apart from yeah. holding holding the pace right so you pick up a lot more on what other people are doing um, and it was really interesting to watch the runners who 
sort of started out at a similar pace to us. So, so we started out at 4.15 pace um, until about 12Ks when, when Steph started to, to have her own little battles going on. But it was amazing to watch some of the people start with us and get quicker. Mm. And they, they, they finished, you know, well under, they finished well under sub three and, and had a great race. And then the ones who started out and slowly, you know, even some of them took off and probably got about maybe even up to a K ahead. Yeah. And then you found them about, I don't know, six, seven Ks later walking through a water station, just completely blown up. And for once I was sort of picking up on, on those kind of people and, and watching what they were doing. And you just think, wow, this marathon race, not this as in Abu Dhabi marathon, the marathon, it, it's almost like, it's hard, I can't put into words, I was thinking about it while I was running and I was like, you can train for this. It's not hard to train for a marathon, you know the mm. distance, you probably know what sort of climate you're going to be running in, and you can know the course ahead of time. Yet, people get it wrong so, so often. And it's like, it's what makes the marathon a special distance. Yeah. Do you know what? I was thinking the exact same thing when I was, <laughs> after I'd finished, like, and the walking back and so, because we had the conversation, one of the guys, Paul, was in a really good shape, wasn't he? And he was, yeah. every every sort of U-turn we would do, we'd see him a couple of minutes later. And then he just vanished off the, yeah. <laughs> vanished off the course into thin air. I'm like, how's he got it so, so wrong? Because he was, all the training looked good. He was super fit and he just, it's such a fantastic distance. You never really, you can plan, you can train, like you say, you can get your feeling perfectly right. But if something goes wrong, you're, it's, it's a hell of a long way to finish. Yeah. It's, it is like, um, you, there's no leeway, mm. like to run your best marathon. You can't like mess up, in the mess up. Half and get away with it in the second, like your yeah. first half, first 30 has to be so good. And, you probably almost have to feel even a little bit bored in the first half, mm. you know, because it's going to be a, a very comfortable pace. You shouldn't be out of breath. You shouldn't be, you know, sweating hard. You shouldn't be working hard at all, but you know, you're running almost to the start line of the second half or the last 10 K, which is when things get really like when it gets fun. And when I pulled out at 30 K, because that was what my plan was to do. I was almost a bit like, oh, I'm missing like an awesome battle ahead of me. But on the other hand, I was like, I'm so happy to just take my number off and walk back. Well, this, this is what I said to you. I was like, I said, there's a bit of the core. I kind of like just when we came onto that Corniche section, the extension, I was a bit bored. Yeah. Because I felt, I felt the pace felt fine. But to a point, obviously I was working. I was at tempo heart rate or whatever, tempo effort. But I felt comfortable. And that's why I just, whenever my hamstring went, I was like, oh, come on. I was like, I didn't get to that point where I really wanted to see where it was going to be a mental battle yeah. versus yeah. physical. It kind of yeah. just like, oh, to pull out at that distance is a real bollocks. <laughs> 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 I have no better words. I'm obviously actually still, I'm a little bit bitter about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's normal. It's really normal. Um, we looked at, interestingly some data mm -hmm. was uh sort of suggested that the, the better marathon runners or the, the runners with a faster marathon time they, they actually hold a more consistent pace um and we decided to do this for for our team because we had about 40 runners running it mm. and uh, we didn't tell them you looked we at the numbers. their data yeah true you looked at the numbers yesterday tell us what how we compared to uh 
I think this study was around 300, maybe a bit more, no, less, sorry, 285 um, GPS files that the, mm. the pull data from. Our study of 40, what do, we, <laughs> what do we pick up on? Actually, what was really interesting was we had, I want to say somebody, well, we had someone that's training for a marathon um, in 12 weeks time and they decided we said probably foolishly to sign up after four weeks of training. And they were one of the most consistent runners between their first 30 and their final 12, which completely contradicts the data. Another person who was super consistent was our uh, resident CrossFit athlete, Carmen. Yeah. Well, she claims to be an ex-CrossFitter now. Ex-CrossFitter. Sorry. She's now a runner. I told her last night at at dinner, actually, I was like, by the way, did you know you, you were one of the most consistent? And she was like, well, what does that mean? I was like, well, it means that you actually paced it really, really well. Yeah. And uh, she, what was she, about 4% difference? Four, between yeah, 4.47. And, and the sort of cutoff we want to see is about 5%. Mm. Our, and, uh, go on. Go on. Yeah, I was going to say, one of our, our most consistent, our second most consistent that we had was the was Carla, actually, who is our athlete of the month. And she ran a 3.11. Yeah. Um, 311 and five and her first 30k was two hours 15 so she was just smooth throughout the entire race yeah um i think the smallest variation we had was 1.6 percent and the biggest was 27 percent i i thought about because buzz had a few more questions for me in terms of like okay well what does that mean and you know is it a good thing i'm like obviously it's a good thing Mm. um but she's like yeah but her and the uh, and um, the other guy who who was one of the lowest percentages wasn't actually the fastest and it it made me think like yeah that's true but I think it comes down to your your almost your age in sport like your mm. experience so you know like when you're feeling gassed so you know not to push near there and like Carla's got experience with that Boz's experience obviously with normally going way too hard but so she knows what it feels like when she's getting close to that so can pull back. And uh, and your man Bogdan, he like he's not new to sport, is he? Like he's no, he does a lot of he. What he does a lot of is high intensity boxing, right? Um, and he does a lot of boxing, so he knows what it is to suffer. Yeah, and how hard he can push, if you like, cardiovascularly. So he just keep kept it controlled, and his suffering was more muscular than than cardiovascular. Right, right, and like I think the ones who probably got it wrong, they almost like didn't no they like they weren't willing to back off even though they were suffering Mm. and knowing that like okay if you try and run like this continuing with the heavy breathing and feeling like you're you're battling things that it's going to end badly they just think oh i'll come good but you you don't like your intuition is normally always right with these sort of things and and is when you do especially in the first 10k even of of a marathon the minute you feel like you're starting to battle anything you need to just pull right back and be like okay we've still got you know a solid 30k run to do here it's not going to get easier before it gets (laughs) harder right but it's it's nuts though the amount of people that you did see that were so ruined at that 10k mark like we were passing people that were just dropping like flies and we're only yeah we're not even a quarter of the way in um it does make you wonder and these are these are obviously guys that have set off quickly so they obviously know how to run they can hold a good pace um it's interesting very interesting mm, i don't i find it interesting as well 
Um, but yeah, it's an interesting data sheet. I think every time we have people run marathons, we should add to it and come up with our own longitudinal study. One thing I, I always notice is that the, the female athletes, they get the piercing so much better because they just don't have that ego. Well, this Mencing... study agrees with that as well. Yeah. And more experienced athletes. Women and more experienced athletes tend to pace marathons better. I think we saw that at the weekend. Agreed. Agreed. Um, mate, I want to jump forward. We're recording on a Tuesday. On mm-hmm. Thursday, we are getting up to something. Yes. Now, I've been... I thought we were running a marathon uphill. <laughs> so, so to hear that we're actually running just shy of 20K uphill... I'm so happy with to, to be told that, but why don't you tell us what we're doing on Thursday? So on Thursday, we're going to go to Razzlekeimer. We're going to dip our toes in the sea. So we're going to be at zero, zero meters. And then we're going to run somehow to the very, very top of UAE to Jebel Jace. Jebel Jace. So we're going from the sea to the summit. Yes. And distance is approximately 21 kilometers, maybe 22. But my Perfect. original plan was I thought we'd run back down, you see, which is why it was going to be the marathon. Not a fan of that. No. <laughs> We've made other arrangements. Helicopter off the top. Helicopter. Um, yeah, that's what we're, we're going to do. So it's about 2,000 it meters. Yeah. We're doing it to launch our partnership with Hoka. Yes. Hoka Middle East. And Lots of people have seen us running around in Hoka shoes now for quite some time, but it is now official. Time. Yeah. And it's, I love the way these stories come about because I started wearing Hoka in May of, uh, of this year because I wanted the widest carbon shoe I could find because I was mm-hmm. having real problems with, um, I tried the on carbon shoe. It gave me blisters within 20 minutes. I tried the Adidas carbon shoe. It ripped my heel apart. And I was just like, I can't get on with any of these carbon shoes. And, and the Nike looked even narrower than, mm. um, than the Adidas or the, or the On. So I did some research and found that Hoka do a, a nice wide carbon shoe, the Carbon X. So got a pair and then got a pair of their Mac 4s. And then uh, Marcus tried them on and seemed to, I don't know if he actually liked them at the start, but I could see he was sort of coming around to the idea and then uh you tried them on and sort of developed uh, yeah okay we can work with this and uh last month we became their middle east ambassadors which is yeah to me the only way to become an ambassador of something is you actually like i was buying the product anyway because it's a good product and then to be able to work with that brand is even better because like they, they don't need to give me any read material i can tell you exactly why i would buy a pair of hokers and probably why most people could benefit from them because they are a wide issue. They have this incredible technology that lets your foot sit like quite deep inside the shoe, but a nice, like there is a, a looks like a lot of cushioning, but actually it's more like, I would call it like absorption of the impact that you're putting into the road. Mm-hmm. You, th- this shoe somehow absorbs it, but you also feel like you're landing on a really solid platform so you don't lose any like if you wear a really cushioned shoe traditionally and you try and create some force into the floor all that force just dissipates and you have to start like yeah you like you compensate in other areas but these hokers everyone says oh they look so big and you're like yeah they they do look big but your foot sits so deep inside 
and the cushioning is actually around the outside mm-hmm. of your foot. And so you get this really nice stable landing and you're, and it's a wide shoe. So your foot can spread and then obviously it helps you to, to take off and they're light. They're so light, which people also are surprised at, right? Yeah. You, when you pick them up, you think these are going to be, ch-. nope, not at all. And actually I was wearing hookers. Oh, I'm trying to think what back to 2017. I think I got my first pair of hookers. Yeah. Um, and I had them, I kept them for ages until literally I wore the, wore the grip off. And then I used them as my sand trail shoes because they, they were perfect. They're like running in camel's feet. Yeah. But since then, the technology has just gone through the roof. They now have a pair of trail carbons for the 2022 range. This could be gas, could be trail no, gas. I can't get those. <laughs> um, but they also what's really mm. important as well is they they sell out of a shop here in dubai called runners in dubai mall yeah and they have a treadmill and you can go try them on and you can actually like wear them first and run in them and make sure that you're buying the the right shoe for you which is huge because it's not really been anywhere to do that or if you go to some of these shops you know you go to one I can think of is Adidas because it's just popped into my head. There was a, a treadmill at the back. You'd run on it, fantastic. But then they'd recommend Adidas shoes. And granted, you might get the Adidas shoe to fit or the best Adidas shoe to fit you, but it's maybe not the best shoe for you. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's why we're running in Hokers. And that's why on mm. Thursday, we're running from the sea to the summit of the highest point of the UAE on National Day mm-hmm. to announce that it's time to fly. It is. Yeah, that's what we're going to go to the summit. Yeah, we get to the top, we shout time to fly and then eat a croissant and head back down. Zip line. And then the day after we're running Creek Striders. Yeah. (laughs) Are you running Creek Striders? I'm pacing, yeah. Uh, Pacing. Pacing. I I was practicing this morning at track. Yeah. Well, that's also another good point to bring up. We've segued. See what I did there? I segued in. So proud. Slightly (laughs) tweaked our our track sessions and this morning was the first sort of first tryout. what do you think mate running in it was, pace well, it's been inspired by your kenyan your it kenyan has. sessions right so Correct. they don't their kenyan track sessions are all run in paced groups whereas before it's been a bit of a free-for-all three two one go and god knows what's happening you know yeah. it's just everyone running their own paces that you get little splinter cells forming of people that sort of pre-arranged that run together in the warm-up or whatever but today we had eight eight groups i want to say mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it was eight um so group one went off at 330 a k group two at four and then it was 30 second gaps and it was flawless i think flawless mm. it worked really really well yeah I think when we debrief Kenya, one of the things, like when you go somewhere like that, you think you need to change everything. Like you need to get everyone back and almost like everyone needs to stop running on the road. We, we only go and run on sandy trails that have rocks on or like everyone runs in jackets and tights. <laughs> no more eating anything other than Ugali. But it's like, well, okay, what's realistic and what's going to be a, a big thing that can help everybody? And the, the pacing lines was, was that. And I think the reason is, and you saw it today, is people forget about looking at their watch. Just mm. look at the person in front of you, number one, right? So there's, you get rid of this whole crappy watch admin that people are running and they're constantly turning their head left and down to see what their, their watch pace is saying, which varies quite a lot on a track. So mm-hmm. like, for example, today we're, we're doing 1200s. I knew pacing the 330s that 
at 1K, I just need to go through in three minutes 30. And then the last 200, you're not going to change your pace dramatically. So like that, that helps enormous amount as well. And even to the point where we should probably just say, don't bother bringing your watch to track, but obviously there's some data to collect and things and, and the, the person running at the front should know what's going on. So there's that element to it. The next one is you become a much better runner because you can't sort of lose concentration because if you do, mm. you're either going to kick the person in front of you or get kicked by the person behind you. So also because you're running between two people, unless you're at the back or at the front, you run a little bit taller and you keep your steps a little bit shorter. And that helps with hip position and helps with cadence. So you, you don't get this long overstride loping run that you tend to see when people are either running side by side or they're running on their own because they're being constantly reminded, check your technique, check your technique, whether it's subconscious reminder or whether it's someone you know next to you shouting, check your technique, you're still being reminded of it. And that's a huge advantage as well. And I think the other thing you see is you actually pace it properly. Mm. So like we give a lot of track sessions that are at 5K pace, 10K pace, 3K pace. And what do people do? They just go and smash themselves every time. And you get yourself to a Tuesday, you get through a weekend, you're pretty battered, you recover, let's say Sunday, Monday, you batter yourself again Tuesday, which isn't the plan. And then you've got two days to recover before the weekend again. And you kind of, it's not, not great for you number one and number two like you're given paces for a reason there's no point if you're training for let's say a 5k to be running like way faster than it all the time so the pacing groups give you accountability of okay you've been put in this group because this is your best 5k pace so today isn't about going max effort lactate threshold like through the roof session it's you practicing your 5k pace with your ring technique and getting a little bit of a heart rate bump, but more or less running at what should feel like tempo. And the guys who did the track session properly today and put in the correct pace groups actually felt that they were like, Oh, I don't actually feel flawed, but I feel mm. like I've had a really good run. It's like, that's how we should be feeling. Yeah. After a track the recovery, session. the recovery time is just enough as well to get people back, like let that heart rate drop and then straight back into it. Yeah. Um, it was good because because certainly you I know you run at pretty much bang on 180 cadence as well same mm -hmm. as me so it was nice to see I could hear the footsteps behind me at the start it'd all be disjointed and within about four 400 meters everyone was in sync and you could just yeah. hear the foot or the feet landing at the same time as the person behind followed the person in front yeah and everyone was just in sync and in line it was really cool yeah it's also it's like it's way nicer to run like that, isn't it? Like mm. you get a bit of clear track in front of you. Um, you're not constantly passing people like normal track sessions. We may as well just always run in lane three because you're always just running, running past people or the, or the guys who might be a bit slower. They're always worried about sort of getting in the way. And it's like, yeah. don't, you don't need to worry about that now. Just stay in your group and the person at the front will, will take care of it. It's very good. It'd be interesting to hear the, the feedback from others as well, but initial thoughts are from the group that I was in that they loved it. Yeah. They got a really good session. Um, they looking at their data this morning, it was just consistent. Oh, it's a beautiful graph. So smooth. So smooth. So smooth. Yeah. Unless of course it's... you have someone that's shit at pacing in the front of your group, in which case. Wait till Rob Foster's calf heals. And <laughs> I've got to have a look at who was in his group. Yeah. I've only done my group, so I know it was really good. Disaster for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that, the, and the top groups are going to get faster and they're going to bring mm. everyone with them as well. 
So people mm. are going to see a real performance change if they stick to these um, plans. Because also, like I said, you're running at the prescribed point of the session. Like you're not going to go out and melt yourself and then miss. Let's say today, for example, if you run the first two wrong, the second two are awful. Mm-hmm. So you want that last one to feel like a challenge, but the other three should not be that hard. Um, and normally in this session, most people will take off way too fast for the first rep. Then they'll blow up on the second one and then they'll hold on for dear life on the third and fourth. And, and we've kind of missed the point of, of what we want from the session because every time we give our body a stress, we have to adapt from it. If you put too much stress in and you don't recover enough, then you're not going to adapt. Yeah. Now we're going to get better adaptations. And it's kind of as well, like what you said in the Kenyan show last week was if you're, if you're in a group and you, let's say you hold two reps out of the four and then you end up dropping off, then you have to automatically go into the group behind. So you get a bit more recovery time to let that group catch up and then you're running an easier pace. So you've almost, you finished your session and now you're into almost like recovery mode because the gaps are quite big between the groups, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of what you said, like whenever you miss the pace on the rep, the session's done and you're relaxing. Yeah. And uh, I know people don't like to hit that with their ego, but I mean, go back to last week's show. I'll tell you, I didn't stay with, I couldn't stay with any group in Kenya. I was dropped within the first three, four reps, mm. even on a, a 10 by one K set on the track. I managed two reps and, and bailed right out the back. So <laughs> it's not about having an ego thing. It's understanding where your body's ready to perform or not. Mate, Perfect. I think we should leave our listeners with some some homework. Some homework away. Shows to listen to. And then we'll we'll uh, we'll chat how to face this next period coming up, certainly within your training. Um, but mate, first, go on, give us your which show should they be going away and listening to? Oh, okay. So I had a, a flick through. I've got some favorites. I've got some favorites. I'm not going to go with obvious ones. I'm going to go with slightly different ones because the obvious ones are obvious, the ones that we like. Um, Okay, so first one for me, I want to go back to number 30, show number 30, Plyometrics with Matt Watson. Ah, what a guy. You know him. You know him very well. Yeah. He was a great guest. He now has, since that show, he's launched his own company called Plus Plyos. Mm-hmm. and works with some of the top athletes in the world who have got jumping within their sport. And if you have time, go to pluspliers.com and, and check out his stuff. Yeah. It's amazing. Definitely. We should probably get him back on again. That was a long yeah. time ago. I, you know, it's one of those shows that I know I took a lot from it because I remember exactly where I was standing when we recorded it. <laughs> Which is, uh, it, was, it was during first lockdown. So it was a long time ago. Anyway, uh, next one, I want to go... Number 36 with Sir Brendan Foster. Ooh. Thought it was a very good show. Brendan, once he figured his admin out. Once he, yeah, once he figured his admin out. But he's just, because he's such an icon in the sport. And I just loved how, yeah, just how he spoke and how, how simple he made things. Simplicity mm. is key, I think, was, was one of his key takeaways. That was uh, show 36, was it? Th- show 36, yep. Then another one I want to go to show 48 with Akbar. Um, I think we called it, it was running nonstop for 43 hours with Akbar Nakvi. MVP. MVP. R- if you don't RPG. know Akbar, <laughs> yeah, you should know him. Everybody knows him within our community. Such a nice guy. He speaks so well. He runs for a great cause and he's 
He's unbreakable, this guy. Unbreakable. Um, Firm favorite was number 71, which um, was about precision. Well, it was all about everything we need to know about hydration with Andy Blow. Yeah. Um, And then another one, a bit different. Number 88, Make Pain Your Friend with Matthew Pritchard. Ah, yeah. Do you know what? I forgot we had him on the show. (laughs) We had had like a run of incredible guests back to back. We had Matthew Pritchard. We had John Stalker. We had Damien Hall, um, Sam Browning. He was penciled into the middle, wasn't he? He still says, so he had all these like pro athletes and then me. (laughs) Still a great show. Yeah, number 88. So there's my, if you like, five random ones that I... I went back to and I loved. What about you? Brilliant, brilliant. That is a hell of a row of, sh- of uh, shows, actually. Sam was on, who in one year went from start to run to running, was it 50K he did? Ultras, yeah. Ultras. Nice. Then Matthew Pritchard. Then Backyard Ultra world record holder, John Stocker. Yeah. Then Damien Hall. And then it was a Q&A show with you and me, mate. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> then we had... Um... We had mate. Ryan Steiner, who was 700 pounds, and yeah. he got to an ultras. He stood you up twice, did he, I think? Yeah, and then we had Robbie Britton after that. We did, <laughs> we did. It's such a good line of shows. Yeah. Anyway, Robbie Britton, he was a good one. He had so much energy. Number 93. Oh, that's class. Yeah, in his book. <laughs> his book, 1001 something. Right, I Go. firstly went back. So, unfortunately, this new variant of, of COVID is seems to be rearing its head and while i'm not worried in any way about it i am worried from a standpoint of races unfortunately being cancelled particularly in the african continent so you can head back to show 065 so show 65 and we talk about how to face a cancelled race that's a good show yeah so i thought that would be useful on that theme or similar theme to sort of helping life show 73 and 75 we did a two-part series on running your life Did, which is all about building good habits around your training understanding what you're training for um, and a few little life hacks in there that's going to help you to stay on track all of that can then be topped off with a show 81 which is called well-being and running with our friend zoe van mill because mm-hmm. she will then help you to put it all into perspective of what you're really doing while, while running and do what you're doing for your well-being. And I think those four shows, so 65, 73, 75, and 81, they're a great little four-part sort of, I don't know, we want to call it a life hack, but it's not really a life hack, is it? Yeah. A four-part series that's going to just make you feel like you're running to help you out and nothing else. To upgrade your life. Yeah, yeah. So that's my recommendation there. Then show 95, because of the season that's coming up, carbs, friend or foe with Abby Coleman. Yes. Christmas is about carbs. We know this. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of eating to be done. And with this show, you can actually understand what you're doing by eating Mm. carbs and why it's not the devil and why it's not the only thing you should be eating and what to do and your timing and you can get a little bit geeky with 
what you with you know with the amount of food you're going about to eat over this season you can get a little bit geeky with when to do your runs what to expect how you expect to feel and all of that sort of thing so that's show 95 carbs friend or foe with abby coleman and then this one i think is one of the best shows that we've done you have to be in the right headspace of listening for it i think i know where you're going with this one if you are looking to maybe understand your psychology behind uh why you're running and basically have a little psychology session with yourself and write down some of the key questions that this lady will ask in the show then uh, go and listen to show 99 which is being brave enough to let go and that is with dr adams norenberg who's a sports psychologist for team gb in a few Mm -hmm. different sports actually but she's just started working with runners and i think that show if you listen make some notes of some questions that she asks or says that she asks and then go and answer them you can have some amazing clarity to finish off your year definitely we could have talked to her for hours and hours yeah and what i loved about her was she didn't claim to have the answer to everything no and that's great to hear because some things you can't answer no but it like we went away from that show just like i had to take the rest of the day off and just think about stuff it was i was so tired (laughs) just used all my neurons (laughs) <laughs> all my neurons used up so there we go there's some some shows to to go and listen to while we're while we're not here while we're not in your ears mate uh, read your numbers out again uh number 30 number 36 number 48 number 71 and number 88 i feel like a bingo caller you fat ladies 88 <laughs> big fat lady 88 there we go. And at mine were 65, 73, 75, 81, 95, and 99. Mm-hmm. Good. Mate, how is your training period over Christmas going to look? What's going to be your key things to be doing? Well, I'm actually, I'll be in the United Kingdom over the Christmas period. So introduction of hills into every single run. Uh, introduction of running tights perhaps gloves hat scarf it's gonna just be lots of fun i think lots of exploring um lots of mud lots of wet that's the stuff i really like nice and a goal in the new year i have a few yet to be yet to be cemented in stone but there's some big goals there nice don't need to reveal them just yet it didn't work last time (laughs) I can poke you a bit more, but fair enough. <laughs> I've got a meeting with you on Sunday. I'll tell you then. True, true. And what, what are you, um, like, how do you like to structure your, your Christmas period, like in terms of mm. how you're going to mix work, family and training? So, well, because I'm not in Dubai, all my meetings will obviously go online. So they generally tend to be a little bit shorter when the meetings are online versus in person. Because mm-hmm. um, people don't like to be online as much which is is fine by me um family time usually comes first and obviously have set days in the week my calendar stays rigid so i'll have my programming days i'll have my feedback days i'll have check-in days and more specifically check-in times for whatsapp and replying to people the only thing that is a bit of a struggle is the time difference so whenever i wake up 
normally everyone's already done their session in the UAE and they've already replied or sent me messages and feedback. And then, so I'll wake up with a string of messages as opposed to normally waking up before people. So you wake up and you're almost on the back foot. So that's yeah. one thing that I acknowledged in the, during COVID actually that I had to think about going forward. And then training is, yeah, get out there and have fun. Nice. Get out there and have fun. We should talk about the exercise we did on Monday in Coach to Coach with our phones. Mm, yeah. How good would that be for people to know? Very good. <laughs> she did so, it again. She did yeah. It. We did. Uh, so you go on your phone if you're Apple anyway. I'm not sure about the Android. Settings. Settings. Screen time. And you can see your daily average screen time. And if you click see all activity, which is just below the graphs, it will tell you either by week or by day what you spend most of your time and how long on your phone. Yeah. So, Thomas, what have you got currently as your top? Uh, for the this week. Yeah. This week, um, the prehab app. <laughs> One hour, 16 minutes. <laughs> so that's commitment for you right there. Your dodgy shoulders. Um, yeah, fixing my shoulders. Good. Then oh, Instagram and WhatsApp business are both one hour and three minutes. Amazing. Is that have you gone by day or by week? Uh this I'm on now weekly average. So it was only two days weekly so far in this yeah. week because it started on a Monday. Um I've got it set to Sunday actually as my start week. Oh, well, maybe we need to do, do that. that anyway. That. Yeah. So my top one is actually WhatsApp because I've been doing lots of check-ins and voice notes and feedback. So that's mm. my most. And my second, it's not Instagram. It was Instagram yesterday. My second is now podcasts. Ah, because you've been scrolling through. I've been scrolling and listening to podcasts ready. I don't know how this works though, because today, for example, I've been on I think it's to do with my laptop getting involved as well because I've been on Google Chrome for 51 minutes, but I don't, I didn't know I had Google Chrome app on my phone. No, you'd use Safari on your phone, wouldn't you? Correct. Hmm. I don't know what's going on, but this was interesting as well. It was the pickups. So how yeah. many times a day you pick your phone up? This was really then, interesting. And then what is the first used app after you pick it up? Yeah. So for example, today, I've picked my phone up and used WhatsApp. It's only 12 p.m. It's 11.42. Um, 25 times I've picked oh. my phone up and opened WhatsApp. Three times I've picked my phone up and gone to settings. And three times I've picked my phone up and gone to Instagram. So That's WhatsApp is the, is the one for me. See, I'm, yeah, okay. So I've got, so bear in mind, it is 11.43. What was your first pickup? That's always a good one. What time do you first look at your phone in the day? How do you know that? It says, um, yeah, it's just above first time used for pickup. I've got my first pickup was at 3.24 a.m. Mm. And I know why though, because I did wake up and uh, I had to check the time. So I picked my phone up to look at the time instead of just tapping the screen. Anyway, I've got 31 total pickups. 10 have been WhatsApp, three have been podcasts, three Instagram and two emails. I can't see what time, but I can tell you what time it was. It was like 5 a.m. There you go. And I, I think I 
always open WhatsApp. And then notifications. That was the other one that we uh, we looked at, wasn't it? Yeah. So how many times your phone will alert and basically distract you in the day? That's the bottom thing. You scroll right to the bottom of screen time. Yeah. We we actually, Um, me and you were quite good at this because we turn off notifications. Yeah, I don't have notifications on except for calendar Mm -hmm. and Super Sapiens app and Deliveroo. (laughs) Do I know when my food's coming? I had 14 from calendar because Heidi's been updating hers. Five messages, junk messages coming through, hate that. And then one was the alarm clock. So I've had 21 notifications today and it's only 11.44. Oh, I've had 22. Yes. Stupid calendar. 10 notifications <laughs> on my calendar. Turn them off. Too much, too much stuff. So yeah, I think uh, everyone should go and do that exercise. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was the worst we had yesterday? Someone had like 400 and something notifications. That was it. And uh, what was the pickups? There was a, someone within sin. Uh, was it Jess? <laughs> Name and shame. Yes. Jess had yeah. pickups, ridiculous number of pickups. And she said it was an addiction. Yeah. She said that she was, even if when she hasn't got a phone with her, she goes looking for it. Her hand automatically reaches for her phone. Yeah. Which is mind blowing. Mind blowing. So what we should so that, do. Uh, yeah. We should set ourselves a challenge to see what can we get it down to? How efficient can we be? Right. I'm game. I need to stop going on the prehab app so much. <laughs> no, you need to like write post-it notes or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone should be looking to get it, to get it down and reduced. And I think the biggest thing, mate, is to bank your time on your phone. So have certain periods where mm-hmm. you go on your phone to answer messages and then switch it off. Like you don't need to be, some people you message, you literally get a response within seconds. And I'm like, were you just staring at WhatsApp waiting like for a message to come in to do. respond? I yeah. think some people do as well. Yeah. Like well, it's, they have it's it open thing, on their laptop. I think when, like, especially in the evening, some people, if I, whenever I'm doing, whenever I'm finished for the evening, I'll close my laptop and my phone will go away. I don't open WhatsApp. I don't open Instagram and that's me done. Yeah. Like, I don't pick it up till the next day, but you'll see some people, you know, or you'd hear about people, they'd be sitting, they'd be watching something on TV that have, you know, their wife or husband or girlfriend, boyfriend, both be sitting on their phones whilst watching TV, whilst eating dinner. Mm. There's just so much going on. I, I, yeah. Can't do it. Nah. There we go. It's not good. Listeners, go figure out what your screen time is and make it less. It. Make it less. Apart from the podcast app that you use, which we would obviously want it to be more. replace your screen time on whatsapp with podcast time that would make more sense like service information from rob and tom yeah (laughs) and then yeah i mean i guess we have to say it now mate i hope everyone has a great christmas new year period Mm -hmm. um if you're in dubai relax enjoy the weather it's snowing elsewhere we're not we don't have to deal with it which is amazing um and if you're traveling then stay safe and get back safe as well that seems to be the main issue at the moment isn't it people travel and they can't get back what about if you live in the uk if you're an avid uk listener and you want to go for a run with me and you live somewhere in the uk in england i'm not going to say exactly where i'm going to be but send me a message and we'll see if we can arrange it brilliant if you're a uk avid listener and you live somewhere in the uk then message rob jones and he may or may not live near you there's a high chance he doesn't But what you could do is go for a run and start your watches at the same time and maybe chat on the phone while you do it. 
It's like when, you know, people say, oh, you're from Wales, so do you know such and such? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's a whole massive, it's a whole country, but of course I know them. Yeah. Yeah. It. I, it would be cool, mate, if you could get some listeners together. Hmm. Maybe prearrange it and people wouldn't mind traveling. What's the max distance you travel to run with someone? Oh, it depends. It depends if I like them. Okay. Let's hold off but, on that. Okay. If you like them. If I... <laughs> I would, I would, three hours. Three, I was going to say two. Mm. Three, three, if I really like them. That's six hours, mate, of driving. Mm. And how far are you going to run? Maybe an hour, two? Maybe, yeah, it'd have, to be, it'd have to be a good run. They'd have to have something good to contribute. Yeah, that, that's a lot. Two hours for me. Two, okay. Two hours. Wales is a small country, though. It's got a good, good road network. True. No, it hasn't really. Only one way. If you go east, then you're all right. Into England. You go north, you're in trouble. <laughs> there we go. The last, I don't know, we're going to announcements now. The last announcement of the show is if you do have guest suggestions or you want to be a guest yourself or you want us to do particular show topics, now is the time to get it in. We have January covered. So we're working okay. into February, March, April, May, June, July through the rest of the year we'd love to cover topics that you guys really want to hear about or to talk to people that you guys want to hear from let us know we will make it happen and thank you very very much i think as a podcast we've grown a lot this year mm, and definitely. we only grow because of the listeners rate reviewers and sharers with your friends so thank you so much to everybody who has shared the podcast reviewed the podcast and just listened to the podcast as well because we, um, we're really, really grateful. We get nothing from this apart from recording a podcast and being able to help people. And it's one of the most rewarding things I do in my week, got to be honest. You know, actually, whilst we're talking on this, somebody came up to me at the marathon on Friday after I just uh, come through the finish line and said, oh my God, I listened to your podcast. It's so good. I'm just, I was a bit taken aback because you know, <laughs> I was like, oh, what? Thank you. Thank you very much. What's your favorite show? And then just I got bombarded with shows and yeah. tips. And she, this lady had run her first 5K and was so happy and pissed it really well and wanted to go on and run more things and just said, Amazing. thank you. Oh, I completely forgot awesome. to tell you that until you said this. That's awesome. Yeah, I often hear people say, I listen to the show. And I always think, wow, we, we literally rock up, we chat, we have a rough idea what we want to talk about. And then we hit send and it goes off and someone else puts it all together so very nice it's amazing there we go yes so thank you for listening yeah thank you very much guys we will be back in 2022 we cannot wait and we will speak to you then